Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. that one of our uh, one of my friends <clears throat> had an experience uh, you better listen fast this morning by the way um, just telling you uh, I usually give you this introduction to try to get you ready I'm not doing that this morning here in just a moment we're going right in I told you last week that I sense that God has got this series this is a word man I've been messed up for weeks and I and uh, you'll understand what I'm getting ready to say uh, out of that here in just a second uh, we got word that one of our friends this week had a baby <clears throat> in the car on the way to the hospital devil you are lying I'm, I ain't doing that forget that mess up that's a scary thing they gave birth right in the car on the way to the hospital and it uh, as you can imagine uh, the the wife did better than the husband <laughs> you fill in the blanks it got messy and uh, I feel like this morning might just get messy because I feel like I'm about to give birth and uh, some of y'all don't even know what that feels like, but I'm all messed up. I'm just going to tell you, I am all messed up. And uh, here's why. Listen fast. I have come to the conclusion that we confuse climate and weather. They are not the same thing. Climate is defined. I had to go look it up because I've confused climate with weather for a long time. Climate is defined as a significant and lasting change in the statistical distribution of weather patterns over periods ranging from decades to millions of years. So when you begin to deal with climate, you're dealing with more than just weather. Let me, let me see if I can explain it like this. In Oklahoma, we have tornadoes. Because the climate in, in Oklahoma is conducive to tornadoes. We don't have hurricanes in Oklahoma because the climate is not conducive to hurricanes. The weather is a direct result of the climate. Okay. Climate controls weather. Climate dictates weather. Climate can be this great destabilizing force in our lives so that some of you have literally been fighting storms and troubles and difficulties and challenges and in your own life you only seem to get temporary relief or respite because you're railing against weather and you refuse to deal with climate. That came right back at me. I, I just Some of you are fighting things in your life, and you rail against them, and you spend energy in, against them, and you work against them, and you scream about them, and you pray about them, and you fast about them, and you complain about them, and you whine about them, and you, and, and, and you just, all the time, it's about this, and it's weather, and you refuse to deal with the climate that produces the weather that you don't like. 
can't get no help in here. I'm in here all by myself. I'm just telling you this morning that some of you need a climate change. There are, there are weather issues in your life that you need to see change. But until you're ready to confront and deal with the climate that is producing that weather, you're wasting your time. Quit crying about the climate that you allow to exist in your life. Quit crying about the weather and the storms and the thunderclaps and the lightning and the rain and saying, I wished it would stop, but you won't deal and you won't confront the climate that's producing it. Some of you have been fighting the same fight, just a new version. Ten years. Some of y'all still fighting the same junk you were fighting when you were 14 years old. You're 44 now. 30 years later. And you're still combating the same temptation, the same weakness, the same struggle because uh, you, you get moments and glimpses of freedom. But, but, but you never deal with or confront what's producing the storm in your life. Let me see if I can help you this morning from Scripture. Over the next few weeks, we are going to deal with climate. There are... I, I'm all messed up because I never associated some of this. Some of it's pretty obvious, but some of this is not, and I've never seen it like this before. And we are going to, over the next few weeks, we are going to examine at least three instances in Jesus' life where he deals with climate. I'm going to be Captain Obvious this morning and go to the obvious one, but, but, but you need to come back next week and get the ones that are not so obvious. I'm going to tell you something right now. I'm on something here. I don't know that I've heard much of this from anybody else. It doesn't really matter. That, that's not, doesn't give it any credibility. I'm just saying, I'm not hearing anybody talk about this, and therefore I think we limp through life trying to resist weather when if we would change our focus a little bit and confront climate, something would change. Let me see if I can help you. Matthew chapter 9, verses 18 through 19 and then verses 23 through 25, talking about Jesus. While I was saying this, a synagogue leader came and knelt before him and said, my, my daughter has just died, but come and put your hand on her and she will live. And Jesus got up and went with him, and so did his disciples. And when Jesus entered the synagogue leader's house and saw the noisy crowd, another version says the disorderly crowd, and people playing pipes. One version says these are people who make music for funerals. He said, go away. This girl is not dead but asleep. But they laughed at him. The King James Version says it like this. They laughed him to scorn. And after the crowd had been put outside, this is too docile in English. In the original, it has this feeling of they were forcibly thrown out. He became a bouncer. He, forci he forcibly took them and forced them out of the house. And after the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took the girl by the hand, and she got up. Different version. By now they had arrived at the house of the town official and pushed their way through the gossips, looking for a story, and the neighbors bringing in casseroles. And Jesus was abrupt. Clear out! This girl isn't dead. She's sleeping. They told him he didn't know what he was talking about. Just this side note here just hit me right now. You're in dangerous territory when you tell Jesus he doesn't know what he's talking about. Some of y'all have told him about some things in your life and said, you don't know what you're talking about. Maybe I ain't even going to stop there. That, that's a different message. What I see here is this. Jesus didn't mess around. 
He, he was abrupt. He, was, he instantly and intentionally and, yes, even forcibly took control of the climate. We, I, I submit to you first that if we had walked into a situation like that, that we would have attempted to deal with the weather. We would have seen the, the morning. We would have seen the pain. And we would have wanted to go in, go in and deal with the weather of the death of that little girl. But Jesus goes after and goes straight for climate. I would submit to you this morning that climate control must precede climate change. Jesus controlled climate rather than allowing climate to control him. In fact, Jesus cleans out the entire house. He didn't wait for it to clear. He didn't wait for people to wander out that needed to be kicked out. That was a good word right there, and y'all just looked at me. He took control. He recognized that, that in, in just a moment's notice, he recognized that before there could be any change and before there could be any a difference in what the, the storm that they were facing, that, that the climate in that particular house was conducive to, a, to, to death and to misery and to agony. And he says, look, if I'm going to deal with your climate and change your climate, climate then I'm going to have to take control of the climate. If there's going to be a miracle take place right here, I've got to take control of this climate and so he had to deal with the doubters and the haters and the scoffers and the unbelievers he understood that healing cannot take place until the haters exit the scene some of you need to hear this morning you are asking you you need to hear this you are asking for climate change but you are unwilling to control the climate so the climate of your life dictates no change i can take you into the old testament and show you the same thing elijah recognizes he, he's gone to Ahab the king and he's looked at him and said there's not going to be any rain. It's an interesting passage of scripture in 1 Kings chapter 18. It's interesting because uh, although Elijah went on the instruction of the Lord, he didn't say God said there's no gonna, not going to be any rain. He says, I'm telling you, on my word, there's not going to be any rain. And then uh, the, the, over a period of years, three years, there's no rain. There's, they're in a drought. That, that's, that's the weather. That's the condition of the weather. And they come to this place where I guess Elijah felt like it was time. And I need you to go back and read it for yourself because now I understand that Elijah could have dealt with the weather and gone to pray for rain. But first he deals with climate. First he goes to the top of Mount Carmel and takes his sword out and kills 450 false prophets because he recognized if I don't deal with the climate of the nation, there can come a weather shift. But unless I deal with the climate, the weather won't matter. And so he kills all the climate. All the prophets and the Bible even says it. The climate changes. The entire nation turns their heart back to God. And then he goes up to the top of the mountain, sticks his head between his knees in the birthing position, and he begins to pray and say, God, we need rain. But first he dealt with climate. And I'm here to tell some of you this morning that there are things in your life that are dead and they seem to be past recovery. But if you would control the climate of your life, those things would come back to life. You cannot expect to see a climate change to focus if you won't deal with distractions. 
listen, some of y'all are praying that God will bring righteousness into your life, but you will not set the climate of righteousness in your own life. And therefore, every time you're about to get things right, and every time you're about to get things turned around, you fall off the wagon, you go back into, you, you go back into this habit, go back into this addiction, because you won't change the climate. Some of y'all have a climate of debt in your life. You, you rail against the fact that you're broke. But you won't change the climate. I, I just need to tell you right now, keep playing the lottery. If you want it all, it'll all be gone in about a year because you won't change. You will not change the climate of your own life. Well, what are you talking about, Steve? Well, let me help you this morning. Some of y'all railing against the, the weather. I'm broke. I, I don't have any money. I can't make ends meet. Then check the climate of your life. Are you spending more than you're making? Uh, have you ever once done a budget and sat down and said, I can't afford a Starbucks drink five times a day? That may be part of the climate of my own life that's causing me to live in this weather of debt. And I've got to make some changes here. How about this one? Maybe you ought to set the climate of tithing because until you tithe, the weather of your life is going to be this. The windows of heaven are going to close. And therefore, you're going to be trying to make it on your own. But if you would change the climate of your life and get in lockstep with what God told us to do, the windows would fly open. Open the climate change. I can't get y'all left me in here all by myself. Broken relationships. Some of y'all keep railing against broken relationships, but you won't change the climate that would enable you to have a healthy relationship. I, I, I mean, like, let's deal with how about oh shoot, how about physical intimacy before marriage? Keep breaking down. You can't figure it out why. Because you gave the gift away before the party. Boy, it's quiet in here. See, 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 see. Some of y'all are struggling because you won't even address your own climate, your climate. The reason that relationships don't work is you won't let anybody deal with the climate of brokenness in your own life. You won't deal with the climate of anger in your own life. You won't deal with the anger in your own life. You won't deal with the sharp tongue in your own life. You won't deal with your selfishness in your own life. At life. And those things are producing a climate. And the weather, the result of the climate is that you just keep going through broken relationship after broken relationship because you won't address climate. How about employment? Some of y'all railing against Man, I've been at this job for 15 years, and they, they don't care about me, and they won't give me no raise. Everybody else around me is getting raised. How about deal with the climate? Maybe you ought to clock in early. Maybe you ought to do work rather than sitting on your computer playing solitaire every day. We don't want to deal with climate. We just want the weather to change. Purity. I'm, I'm, I'm going to hit somebody somewhere. I'm just going to keep going until I got you, all right? Purity. We, we won't deal. We want to be pure. Oh, make me clean, God. Change change me, God. But you won't deal with the climate and the filth that surrounds what you involve yourself on, in on a daily basis. You, you come in here and worship your rear off, and it has no bearing on what you listen to, where you go, who you spend your time with. And because you won't deal with your climate, you won't have any purity. Constant turmoil in your own life. That's just weather. If you're in a lot, let me tell you right now, in your own life, if it's constant turmoil, storm after storm, that's just weather. Let me deal with climate. How 
about becoming single-minded. Because the Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. So if you're split-minded and your heart is turned so many different directions and your soul is turned so many directions, what do you expect the weather to be like in your life? Loneliness. So lonely. Nobody loves me. Deal with the climate. The climate is, is you're a loner. The climate is you've got to change about your own life that I show myself friendly. How many of you know you can't have a friend? How about changing the climate of standoffishness of your own life? How about dealing with the suspicion that, that is all around, the climate of suspicion all of, boy, I don't know if I trust anybody. I've been hurt so many times. You're going to be lonely. Jesus was decisive about this. He knew that if he was going to, if there was going to be any change, he had to first deal with the climate. The climate was disorderly. The, the climate was chaos. And God is a God that operates in order. And he knew that he was not going to be able to accomplish a climate change or a weather change until he first spoke to and dealt with the climate. It would not have done Jesus any good to call something sleep if everybody else in the room was calling it death. The second thing I see in this story is this, and this one's going to hurt. Climate control dictates dismissal. Prior to operating in the gift of healing, Jesus removed doubters. He removed, check this out now, you've got to catch this. Some of you know this, but some of you don't. You need to hear me this morning. He removed Paid mourners. These folks that were filling this house with this music and this the wailing and the crying, they were paid mourners. They were making a scene. They weren't concerned family members or close friends. In fact, in accordance and in compliance with the custom of that day, this was just a gig. They were paid to be there. They were paid to make a scene. They were paid to show up and to wail and to cry and to play the music, play the funeral music. They were paid. This was their job. This was their profession. There was no emotional investment. They were just there to get their pay. They had to be forcibly removed, not because they cared, but because they would lose their check if they vacated. Let me just tell you what the Lord told me. I, I, maybe this is for me only. Maybe I'm the only one that's getting this. But I, I just recognize that the Lord told me that there are people in your life who have made a profession out of celebrating the de death that you're living through. There are people in your life that have made a profession out of celebrating the death that you are living through. They are pros. There are people that are trying to profit off of your pain. There are people that are banking on your brokenness. There are people that are rooting for your death and resisting your life because if, the, if you get healed, it reveals the sickness and the death in their life and they are more comfortable with your current condition that not only can they not handle a change in your life, they resist a change in your life. Can I just tell you the truth this morning? You will lose more people in your life in your ascension than your descension.
They're good with you as long as you're depressed. And they're good with you as long as you're in pain. And they're good with you as long as you're down in the mully. Oh, it's the worst day of my life. But the day you take control of your climate and you recognize I'm not going to live like this anymore. And I'm not going to keep my head down because I'm the head and not the tail. The first and not the last. And I am more than an overcomer. And greater is he that lives in me than he that lives in the world. And you come into who you really are. And you step out and say no more crying. No more, no more tears. No more depression. And you step out into that you will lose more people out of your life at that moment than you ever did when you were crying yourself to sleep. There are people in your life that are trying to convince you that something is dead when it's only asleep. There are people all around. Some of you are surrounded by people right now in your life that are looking at you and say, your dream is dead. Your dream's not dead. It's only asleep. If you would make some dismissals and cut them out of your life, your dream would come to life. Some of you are dealing with the fact that people are all around you saying, your future is dead. It's non-existent. You made too many mistakes. You'll never be able to come back. Your future's not dead. It's only asleep. Some of you are looking at children and going, they're, they're so far gone and they're not where I thought they would be and they've turned their heart against Jesus. They must be dead. They're not a dead. They're only asleep. Some of you have got a marriage that you've already tried to sign the death certificate, but they're not dead. It's not dead. It's only asleep. And I'm here to tell you this morning, that there are people that are filling the room of your life with mourning and chaos and death. And until you're willing to dismiss them, you will never see the miraculous ushered into your life. I'm here to tell you today that if you are ever going to have a climate change, you are going to have to follow Jesus' example and you're going to have to put them out. Hear me. I'm giving you permission this morning. You need to dismiss somebody. You need to take the steps necessary to, to get them out of your life. Forcibly, decisively, abruptly, completely cut them off. Delete them on Facebook. Delete their phone number out of your phone. Quit hanging out with them on Friday night. I don't even care if they've got your same last name. Why? Because if, you're, if you don't, life will not and cannot come back. If you don't, the patterns will repeat. Those people will cheer you right back into confusion and they will tempt you right back into, into, into falling and they will dance you right back into distraction and destruction. You have got to change climate and take control of the climate and climate control dictates that there are some people in your life that cannot be a part of your life because if they're a part of your life, they will bring storm clouds and they will bring rain and they will bring depression and they will bring addiction and they will bring hurt and they will bring broken heart and they will bring brokenness and there are moments in your life where you got to man up enough to say I love you but I can't be around you Darius Daniel says it like this he says sometimes God would rather you deal with the pain of their absence than the consequences of their presence you got to value your joy more than you value their company 
Listen, some of you are allowing people to hang around that you need to dismiss. You are comforting what needs to be confronted. And in doing so, you leave absolutely no room for Christ. And therefore, you are forfeiting climate change. Listen, I'm just, I'm just trying to help you. If you don't like the weather that is existent in your life right now, then you've got to buckle up and make some difficult decisions. And you've got to make some cuts. Jesus teaches his disciples that there are actually moments in your own life where you're going to need to leave and take your peace with you. Some of you have no peace because you didn't dismiss people that not only demand all your attention, they also steal your peace. Some of you need what need in the spirit of love and in mercy and kindness, but with being bold and abrupt and decisive, you need to walk to the front door of your ex, your ex's wife, an ex-spouse, an ex-friend, an ex-confidant. You need to walk up to the front door of their house and 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 and, and say, "I gotta have my peace back. I, I left my peace with you." And now now, because I left my peace with you, you are dictating the climate of my life. And you can keep trying to bring storm clouds and weather and rain and thunder. But I'm taking my peace back and I'm going home with it. And you can't steal my peace anymore because I dismiss you out of my life. And I'll pray for you from a different distance, but I'm not. So if you can't see me right, then see me later. Because I'm not wasting my energy on you anymore. And I'm not spending my time with any of you anymore. Post what you stinking want to post on Facebook about me. And talk bad about me all you want to. But I've made up my mind that the climate of my life is more important than me being comfortable with you. You've mourned over my life and celebrated the death of my life long enough. I'm concerned for some of you. Because some of you are more committed to their mess than you are desperate for the miraculous. Y'all miss that. Some of you are more committed to the mess that they bring with them than you are desperate for a miracle. There are folks in your life that are producing drama that you need to dismiss. There are folks in your life that are producing pain that you need to cut off. And until you displace them, there is no room for anything different in your life. You must control your climate. Talk to us about your storm. We're going to start talking to you about your climate. Come whine to me about your storm. I, I'll listen. But at some moment in the conversation, I'm going to have to turn it to climate. Why does it keep coming back? Better, better help us pay, pay our bills, Pastor. We can't get our bills paid. Listen, we've all been there. And not everybody's in the condition I'm telling you right now, but for some of you, the reason you can't pay your bills month after month after month, we're not talking about a one-time thing. We're talking about like a 10-year thing because you won't deal with climate.
I'm tired of watching some of you endure what you endure. When I know if you would dismiss some stuff, it would change. I'm tired of watching some of you cry. I'm tired of watching some of you hurt. I'm tired of watching some of you limp through life. And I know without a shadow of a doubt, if you would cut some people and some things off, everything would change. And we talk to you about that. Some of y'all come to me and say, what should I do? And I tell you what, uh, what I believe. And I watch you walk right back out and make no cuts. And three months later, after the goosebumps are gone, you limp back in in the same condition. Don't complain about the weather if you are not willing to deal with what is causing the weather to come back again. Climate change must be preceded by climate control. And climate control dictates dismissal. So my question to you this morning is simply this. Who or what do you need to deal with in your life to produce a climate for a miracle? What is asleep in you that Jesus would say it's alive, but he can't say it? Because your entire life is surrounded and consumed by people and things saying it's dead. You've got to deal with your climate. Father, this morning, I sense that this word is a word for this body. And I'll say it like this, God, individually and corporately, Father, there must be a climate change. We need a climate change. But, Father, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not asking you to change weather because I recognize that if we can change the climate, weather has to change. You know the life and the condition of each person under the sound of my voice. You know the condition of the climate of this body as a whole. Father, I'm asking you this morning. Help us. Help us to control. What keeps producing patterns. And Father, we give you permission this morning, as painful as it may be, and as uncomfortable as it may be, I give you permission in our own heart and life to reveal to us who and what we must dismiss. And I pray that we would be abrupt about it and decisive about it 
and we wouldn't waffle about it. We would take the steps necessary. Our peace is too important. Life is too important. The miraculous that you want to birth into us is too important. It dictates that we make cuts. I pray that that would happen this morning. That we would take courage and be so committed to the life that you have for us that we will not allow anything or anyone to speak death over what is only asleep. Help us today, I pray. In Jesus' name, would you stand with me this morning? Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress.